Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Space Talk. I'm your host, Athena Brensberger, and I'm so excited to be here today to bring you some new awesome things that are happening in our night sky this week. It's it's something you might have seen already. It's known as the Geminid Meteor Shower. Yeah, the Geminids, you probably have seen all over the news already, and it gets a lot of coverage each year, a lot of new photos taken, so much astrophotography, and that's because the Geminid Meteor Shower is the most brilliant and prolific meteor shower out there. So I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy uh, that we are going to be covering this with all the awesome space events that are happening from the Blue Origin launch this morning, where um, I have yet now have, I now have another friend who's gone to space, which is so exciting. Um, his name is Dylan Taylor, the founder of Space for Humanity, an incredible nonprofit organization that is now... Um, bringing together different scholarships and opportunities for more people to go to space. So really awesome. So that that launch happened first thing this morning. If you missed it, I would definitely recommend going and checking out the live stream that was recorded on Blue Origins uh, YouTube channel later today. Uh, it's, it's such a cool mission and we're still getting more footage coming in now from the astronauts that went to space. And um, I'm going to give like a real quick shout out also for Space for Humanity. If you guys wanted to receive one of the tags that flew to space on today's mission, um, they're giving it away to those who are monthly donors to Space for Humanity. So if you wanted to do that, head to Space for Humanity um, website. I believe it's, is it .org? Let me check that real quick. Space for Humanity. It is spaceforhumanity.org. Um, and then, yeah, if you wanted to, to donate to their organization, um, really, really awesome. Even if you're just a $5 donor, you can still get a tag that went to space today. So really exciting. Um, but in other news, we have the Gemini Meteor Shower. So this is the most, when I say prolific, that means that it has the most meteors per hour that you can catch. It's the most prolific of the winter, of the year, of the astronomical year, and basically of any recurring major meteor shower out there. So it's one that you'll definitely want to catch. And it peaks this week. So I'm going to give a little bit of a breakdown of how you can see it. I have both the northern and the southern hemisphere um, that I'm going to be going over with you all today. So depending on where you're located, um, you'll definitely have an opportunity to see this meteor shower. And on top of that, too, we'll talk a little bit about why this meteor shower is a little bit different than, say, other ones. Uh, and that has to do with, well, where does this debris of rocky stuff even come from? So we're going to we're going to get a little bit into that. But I want to start off. Um, I always like to I'm going to do this now every time I I do a podcast here on Colin when it has to do with astronomical events. And because our globe is so massive, our earth is so massive. Um, and because we're facing different positions, uh, so we might not all be able to see the same thing on the same night. So that being said, if you are located in the Northern hemisphere, can you send a little emoji to me right now in the bottom right of your screen? You'll see maybe a smiley face or a party hat. Go ahead and just tap that so I can know if you're located in the Northern Hemisphere. Awesome, I got a thumbs up. If you're located in the Southern Hemisphere, let me go ahead and just get an emoji right now. If you can just send either a hat or a thumbs up so that I know to cover that in today's podcast. 
give you one more chance if you want to tap that emoji. Otherwise, I will still include it, but I will uh, keep it brief and towards the end for maybe any listeners who join us afterwards. All right. Awesome. Cool. So uh, this meteor shower is going to be visible starting. um, Actually, it's already started its visibility. It's just not um, that brilliant yet that aren't there aren't that many meteors that you can catch just yet. So when we say in in astronomy, in the terms of astronomy, that a meteor shower peaks, that means it is the time of night or day or the the time of uh, the the date specifically where you can see the most meteors per hour. And that peak happens the evening of December 13th going into the early morning of December 14th. So this meteor shower um, is a little bit different than, say, other meteors. Now, than other meteor showers, most of the time, meteor showers come from a comet. Uh, it's it's some of its debris or an asteroid, and sometimes the debris from this comet can actually cause. Um, once we come, we go through our, when our, when we pass through the orbit or the path in which that comet was traveling we can start to receive a bunch of this debris and in the form of rocky material that then enters our atmosphere and it looks like shooting stars, but they're actually comets burning up in our atmosphere. Sorry, they're actually meteors, space rocks burning up in our atmosphere rather than shooting stars. Um, The reason this one's a little bit different is it actually comes from an asteroid type object. It's known as 3200 Phathon or Phaethon, uh, depends kind of on how, I guess, how you're pronouncing it. Uh, the, I believe the American accent is Phaethon. It's P-H-A-E-T-H-O-N. In Greek mythology, that is the son of Helios. So it is um, the sun god. And what's a little bit strange about this is it comes from, it's a type of Palladian asteroid. And this comes from the Pallas family, which is a small asteroid family of B-type asteroids, which means they have really high inclinations uh, in the intermediate asteroid belt. So the asteroid belt, which is located between the orbit of Mars and Jupiter, this is one that tends to come from that area. The size is quite large as well. Uh, So it's actually around 512 kilometers in diameter. It's about 318 miles that's the so that's for some of the objects that are found in the Pallas family. So this asteroid-like object is very similar, and what's happening is you're, when when it's going throughout space, thirty-two hundred Phaethon is is causing this meteor shower to happen. This this is what is causing a lot of these rocky material to burn up through our atmosphere and result in a brilliant light show for us. And so if you want to look this up a little bit later, it's really cool too. You can check out this Pallas family. It's P-A-L-L-A-S. And they have a whole bunch of asteroids that are very, very large in size. Um, And like I mentioned, one's going up to about 512 kilometers. And as it's passing through space, it can come into... um, orbit with other objects. It can come and collide with other asteroids causing debris. And when this debris field happens, that results in, of course, as I mentioned, the the, the rocky show that we see, the, the, um, the meteor shower. 
So this now, the this makes it really rare because Geminids, as well as the Chondritids, so qu- qu- Quadrantids, sorry, I'm trying to pronounce it. It's spelled Q-U-A-D-R-A-N-T-I-D. Happens later in the year. Also really cool meteor shower. These two, that and the, and the Geminids are the only ones that do not originate from a comet, which is quite interesting. Um, this, I would say, is probably one of the bigger reasons as to why this is such a prolific meteor shower, why this is such an abundant meteor shower. You can see during its peak about 50 to 120 meteors per hour. So you can catch quite a lot. And so uh, let me now go over how you can catch that. And then we have a little bit of that, that background, that history of how this meteor shower came to be. So for those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, I'm going to speak to you all first. So the way you could watch is I would recommend at around 2 a.m. on December 14th. So this is now going from the evening of December 13th into the early morning of December 14th. That right around this time, 2 a.m. is when you're going to start to enter the peak of this meteor shower. You're going to want to face the Gemini constellation. And that's why it's called the Geminids. That's because it's radiant, which is the area of the meteor shower where there are, it's the most concentrated of meteors. So there's a lot of meteors happening in this region. The radiant is located in the Gemini constellation. That's where it gets its name from. So in order to find where that's located, um, I did make a couple sky charts. I have actually right in front of me right now, made them this morning, sent it out on my email newsletter um, called the weekly transmission. So I sent that out to all my subscribers this morning. Um, if you, if you actually want to subscribe, uh, just shoot me a message here on the call in app and I will add your email address. Um, I'm currently reconstructing my website, so I don't have a pop-up box just yet, but on December, um, so back to December 13th, late evening, early morning of December 14th, at around 2 a.m., the Gemini constellation is going to be almost directly overhead in the zenith. The zenith is the position that is directly overhead for the observer. And this is right where you're going to see quite a lot of the meteors. This is a great time to catch it because the moon phase is a gibbous. So it's a waxing gibbous moon. So it's relatively large it's relatively bright um and thankfully by 2 a.m it sets you won't see it anymore um or sorry it begins to set it'll be very far away from where the gemini constellation is it'll be further west the gemini constellation will be relatively overhead i also have the option i wrote wrote it down i researched a little bit if you did want to have an earlier evening to catch the meteor shower say the evening of december 13th around 9 to 10 p.m um, and it, by the way, if you want to get your own sky chart, you can go to Sky and Telescope website, so skyandtelescope.org, and uh, you can actually generate your own sky chart. I generated this just for the central U.S., and then I also did one for the southern hemisphere that I'll cover in just a moment. And it shows you where exactly everything's located. So earlier in the evening, uh, the moon is going to be really prominent in the sky. It's going to be almost directly overhead, but a little bit more in the south direction. And so it'll be kind of bright, but you should still be able to catch meteors over by the Gemini constellation, which at this point, around 9 to 10 p.m., will be just over your east horizon. 
So keep that in mind. If you want to catch a meteor shower um, and not be up at two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, you can do that at around 9 to 10 p.m. on December 13th from the Northern Hemisphere, looking just over your east horizon in the Gemini constellation, and you'll for sure catch some meteors. The meteor shower didn't peak yet at this point. Doesn't mean you still won't see it because Earth has already been passing through this area of debris. So we are still going to catch meteors. People have already caught it this this entire week. Um, So you could definitely do that if you don't want to stay up late. If you do want to stay up late, wait until about 2 a.m. Between 2 a.m. to about 4 or 5 a.m., the meteor shower is going to peak and you'll still be able to catch meteors until dawn. So until the sun rises um, and you, and once the sky starts to get brighter, you won't be able to really, really see it anymore. And again, if you're just joining me, if you're in the Northern hemisphere, if you're doing the the meteor shower gazing at about two to 3 AM, you'll want to catch that in the Gemini constellation directly overhead. All right, so we are going to do a quick music break before going into the Southern Hemisphere. And if anyone has any questions at any time, feel free to tap the call-in button and um, just join the call and let me know. Alrighty. So now moving into the Southern Hemisphere, I see a few few new callers just joined. So if you are located in the Southern Hemisphere and you just joined um, Space Talk right now, can you just leave uh, a little emoji for me? Tap an emoji at the bottom right, either a party hat or a thumbs up. Just send me a little something. Let me know if you are viewing for the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, This way I will know if I'm speaking directly to you. All right. I got a thumbs up. So there is someone in the Southern Hemisphere. Awesome. So when I put together my sky charts, which again, as I mentioned before, uh, you can go to Sky and Telescope's website. So let me open that up real quick. It is skyandtelescope.org. So you can do that. You can put in your own location. Um, Whenever I'm doing this, because I do make these for my transmission members, I will go to a website first to get the longitude and latitude coordinates, and then I'll put that in. So when I generated one for the Southern Hemisphere, I chose an area I've been to already, which is in Santiago, Chile. So I chose um, specifically, it was Julio Pinto, Santiago region, metropolitana, Chile. So that's where I chose. Um, Not going to read the longitude, latitude, but uh, if you guys want to know, you can ask me. And this is a little bit different, a little bit tricky. You're going to have more visibility of that waxing gibbous moon. So you're going to have to kind of dodge the moon. Um, I set it for 3 a.m. local time when I generated this because the Gemini constellation will be above your northern horizon. And it moves across your sky from the east, rising just before midnight to the north and then setting beyond your northwestern horizon by dawn. So you won't be able to have an early night like in the Northern Hemisphere if you wanted to do a 9 to 10 p.m. one. Um, And that's simply because the constellation hasn't risen yet. It doesn't rise above your horizon in the Southern Hemisphere until midnight. So um, even even though the constellation hasn't risen, which is where the radiance is, 
uh, you might still get lucky with maybe seeing some trace meteors here and there, but certainly not um, certainly not as many as you would if you just waited uh, until that peak happened. So I highly recommend if you can just stay up late or you know go to sleep, take a nap, and then set an alarm if you really want to catch this meteor shower. And then wake up closer to that 2 to 3 a.m. mark when Gemini rises because it's going to be a lot more prominent with your meteors. Um, otherwise, if it is sooner, if you do want to, if you're really stubborn and you're like Athena, I know the Gemini constellation hasn't risen yet, but I still want to try and catch meteors right after the sunset um, and right when the sky starts to get dark and twilight is happening. Twilight is when the stars begin to rise and the constellations begin to rise. Um, then if you're, if you really want to focus on that, just stay looking in your Northeast horizon, because even if the constellation hasn't risen yet, you still have some area in which you should be able to catch those meteors. Um, but definitely be patient and wait because, uh, you might maybe catch only about 10 an hour at that, at that time of the night. So that is that is all the, the details I had put together for catching this meteor shower this week. Um, there are still some more really cool things happening in the night sky for week three of December. Um, I will be coming back on here on Monday to go over more of that space news, including some deep sky objects that are visible. We have space history, a really cool deep sky object, by the way, that that's going to be visible this upcoming week. Um, if anyone here is one of my transmission members, you probably already received the email, so you might already know. And then we do have a few cool other astronomical events happening. Um, but again, I just wanted to hop on here to uh, really try and um, encourage everyone as much as I can to get out and catch this meteor shower. Um, another note as far as if you were wondering if you want to use any equipment, uh, certainly you can. The only thing is it's going to be more tricky if you're holding a pair of binoculars to catch it unless you just hold it still and you're watching it during the peak, then you may actually catch some, but it is better to just look with your unaided eyes. The other thing is if you are an astrophotographer, for sure, you can you can set it to a time lapse on, on the sky. Um, you're going to want to hold it in one position for quite a while. And then maybe you can catch the, the long, brilliant streaks of the meteor as it's, as it's passing through. Um, so that is, that is that I'm going to do a real quick musical break. And then if anyone else wants to join, you can feel free to tap the call in button below and join. Thank <laughs> you. 
Okay. All righty. So uh, once again, going to just give everyone a chance if you wanted to join and call if you have any questions about this meteor shower or maybe how you can view it, um, feel free to do that now. Otherwise, um, I did include both the North and Southern Hemisphere. Just keep in mind, definitely between December 13th to the 14th. So that is the evening of December 13th, early morning, December 14th, um, up to 50 to 120 meteors per hour. And the reason for that large scale difference, 50 to 120, really just depends on how dark your sky is. So if you're getting out and you're maybe going camping and you're going to be in a dark sky observing location, like a, like a certified dark sky observing state park or something, um, you can catch up to 120 per hour, which would be so cool. I personally have never gotten to catch that before. I've been in New York City my whole life. So I'm hoping maybe for this one, I can go camping and actually catch that, which would be really cool. Otherwise, if you're in an area that's a little bit brighter, um, you know, you might only catch between like the lowest would be 50 an hour, which is still quite a lot. Uh, which is more than other meteor showers. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is the most prolific meteor shower of the astronomical year, uh, of course, of the winter. Of Out of all the meteor major meteor showers, the Geminids is known for being the most brilliant and also making some of the most incredible astro astrophotography images. Um, so that is, that is everything. That is that. Um, uh, let's see if there is anything else I wanted to let you guys know about uh, before heading out. I did let you know about doing sky and telescope. So if you wanted to head out, uh, maybe make your own sky chart on there, you can do that. Um, otherwise, if you do want to receive the email newsletter I send out, send me a, a message, a direct message here on Colin. Um, and I can just add your email address to that so that you receive those every week. Otherwise, Monday, I will be coming back on here to talk about all the exciting space news that we have lining up for this upcoming week, including astronomy word of the week. We have space history. We've got more celestial events that are visible and a really, really cool deep sky object. Uh, one more news thing that I want to mention, I uh, mentioned it briefly at the beginning of today's episode, is the Blue Origin launch that happened today um, was super cool. And the founder of Space for Humanity, which is a nonprofit, uh, went up to space, which is so cool. And I like, I know, I know him, Dylan Taylor. It was just, it was like really exciting. So this is now the second person I know that's been to space, which is awesome. Um, so that's really exciting. So if you guys wanted to receive a tag, they're giving away tags um, that have flown to space with Dylan. Um, if you want to go to spaceforhumanity.org, they're giving it to their, to anyone who's donates monthly. So um, if you want to do that, that's really cool. And let's see one more thing I will mention about the meteor shower. Um, colors, different colors. I totally forgot to mention that. We mentioned it in the beginning that this is a little bit different, this meteor shower compared to others where most meteor showers come from the debris field that's produced by a comet when Earth passes through that, that debris field left over by, by a comet. And that's usually what most meteor showers come from. This one's a little bit different. This one came from an asteroid-like object that actually kind of has more like a rock comet orbit. And what that just means is the name of the object is 3200 Phaethon, and it comes from the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. 
there's actually a whole family of Palladian asteroids that um, fall under this category that end up having this really elongated orbit, this really interesting um, orbit which in which Earth ends up passing through. And you might notice some kind of bluish green color to maybe some of the stars, the, sh- the shooting stars, the, the comets, the meteors um, that are being burnt up in our atmosphere. And that's caused by the presence of magnesium. So if anyone has ever seen a meteor shower before and you've either noticed more, maybe a more orange yellow color or a kind of greenish color, that's all based on what elements are present in that meteor. And as it's passing through the Earth's atmosphere, um, it starts to heat it up, warm it up, and it starts to um, make either the meteor will completely get burnt up or sometimes a rock can remain and it becomes a meteorite and it can actually land here on Earth. Uh, Might have, I don't know, maybe maybe you have one at home. I have a little, really, really tiny one, um, which is really cool. So just keep that in mind when you're seeing uh, this meteor shower, most of these meteors kind of have like a, a metallic rocky uh, material to them. Most of them are relatively rocky and have, have some type of metallic core in the center, uh, either it's iron or nickel. So a lot of times that can come from the meteor glow is dependent on the material within, within the, um, within the meteor itself. So I hope that that uh, gives you all of your um, information for being able to go out and actually observe this meteor shower. I really hope wherever you're located, you go out um, sometime this week. You could even start going out tonight and just checking and seeing if you can see the meteor. Um, just check whenever Gemini is rising. Um, so I would aim for around 10, 10 p.m. your time, your local time. Uh, Southern Hemisphere, aim closer to midnight. So keep that in mind. And once again, if you want to make your own start sky chart, um, just, just let me know. Uh, you can email me or you can head to Sky and Telescope, which is really cool. One of my favorite resources. So that is about it. Um, once again, I'm going to give everyone the option if you wanted to call in. Otherwise, that is everything that I had covered for today. Um, I'm really excited for, for next week. We've got lots of cool events to look up to. And um, until then, just Enjoy uh, what you can catch in the night sky. Enjoy the moon phases um, as they're as they're transitioning into this waxing gibbous um, from first quarter, and then eventually into the full moon, which will be uh, right before uh, the last week of December. So we're moving into it just after after the meteor shower, and um, maybe go do some astrophotography. And if you are um, an astronomer, or if you, maybe you're an amateur astronomer, or maybe you're a professional astronomer, if you were doing any type of citizen science, or maybe your own photography, I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to maybe have you on the show. Um, We've got a few really cool guests that I just, I'm locking in dates as we speak. um, And they're going to be coming up very soon in future podcasts. So I will schedule that. And I'll of course do um, a push out. So if you're here on the app, and I schedule something. If you're already subscribed to Space Talk, you'll get a notification. If you're not yet subscribed to Space Talk, I recommend doing that after this episode so that you can receive notifications for whenever I schedule a future episode. And on top of that, I will also send out um, on all my other social media channels reminders for before I go live. And I'll probably send it also to my email transmission subscribers as well. 
So really cool stuff coming up. I've got some, uh, let's see, analog astronauts coming on. I have um, planetary geologists. Uh, I've got really cool researchers working on missions going to Titan, working on thing, sand dunes on Mars. Um, I have someone who's a huge fan of Pluto also coming on, um, which is going to be really exciting to chat about. And I have someone who is an astronaut and has gone to space already coming on. I have at least one person. I'm going to reach out to my other astronaut friends and see who else I can bring on. So um, maybe start preparing your questions, anything that you might have for any of them. Um, and uh, that's that's about everything. So once again, thank you all so much for being on here. Um, I can't wait. I hope you all get to go outside and observe all these stars. Oh, once again, have a lovely, lovely day. Ad Astra.